You're listening to the UI podcast by the Swedish Institute of International Affairs. Hello and welcome to the UI podcast. My name is Charlotte and I'm the intern at the Asia program here at the Swedish Institute of International Affairs. Today I have the pleasure to sit down with researcher Parama Sinapalit, who has joined us in Stockholm today for a seminar on how digitalization impacts the political process in Asia. So should you, should you feel intrigued by what Parama has to tell us today, and you want to listen to that seminar, it will also be available as part of the UI podcast. But first, Parama, a little bit about you. <laughs> first, let me thank you for having me here. And uh, uh, you can ask me whatever you want. I'm, mm-hmm. I only hope that I'm able to uh, you know, throw some more light on social media, mm-hmm. digitalization, and uh, of course, my work. Sure you are. <laughs> I uh, I understand that you have specialized in the study of foreign policies of India and China and other rising powers with a particular focus on soft power and diplomacy but you're also interested in culture and communication and how that shapes foreign policies that's right uh, so perhaps you could tell us a little bit briefly uh, a little short introduction to your research and particularly how you became interested in digitalization and democracy? Uh, well, uh, let me uh, start by saying that uh, I was actually interested in foreign policy. That That is what my background is all about. Mm-hmm. So I have a PhD in international relations. And uh, then I was into research. And then I got into um, soft power because uh, I was, uh, we, we shifted to Singapore. And uh, during my several visits to China, I realized that, uh, you know, India and China were just not enemies, but there were so many other dimensions Mm. to the relationship. So that's how I got interested during my several interactions with uh, Chinese scholars and Chinese Mm. people during my several visits to the country. So that's how I I got interested. And my first book happened, which is uh, which was published by Sage uh, in early 2017. Then I was uh, looking at, uh, you know, democracy and the way the, uh, the Indian, elect, uh, you know, democratic uh, discourse was shaping mm-hmm. up in India. And then, of course, there was this rise of social media in a mm-hmm. very, very big way. And as we all know, we are all, we all use WhatsApp, we all mm-hmm. use uh, these platforms like Facebook and Twitter. So I generally started to get interested more so during la- the last 2014 general elections in India when uh, technology was harnessed to a great extent uh, for fighting the elections by the BJP. Mm. So that got me a little interested and that is how I thought of writing the, my next book mm. uh, which, uh, which I have got into a contract with Rutledge and it should, my, I, sh- I should be ready with the manuscript next year. So this book is again, uh, I plan to talk about uh, India and uh, its use of social media uh, in public diplomacy. So I also talk about the external engagement that has happened through social media. And also I suppose I need to talk about China and the US. China is of course very interesting and since I've been working on China, I thought Mm. a chapter would do justice to the book. Yes, and it's also very interesting as you say that India is a... uh, 
a functioning democracy yes. in many, many aspects, and China is not. Yeah. But so that brings the contrast between the yes. two countries. Mm -hmm. Yes. And even in the use of uh, these platforms, mm. it's very fascinating to see how the two countries and the people are using social media yes. in a democracy and a not democracy. Yes, it's, uh, I look very much forward to reading Thank you. <laughs> that Thank book. You. It would be very interesting to see. Um, but on the, on the topic of um, political debate and social media, ever since we saw the, actually ever since the Brexit referendum and the Trump's uh, presidential campaign in 2016, we have seen an uh, ongoing discussion about the role that digital media plays in political campaigns. And, and you yourself referred in your, in your article to this uh, 2018 Oxford University report that found that political parties manipulate mani exactly manipulate yeah. uh, or they organize social media manipulation campaigns in at least 48 countries and, and India is India. one of them yes i read india was one of them so why do you think that social media matters so much nowadays in the political process um, is there is there because we have seen a technological increase, but I'm thinking there must be some sort of social component with that as well. You know, uh, when you look at India, people are very political. You know, people mm. discuss politics over tea, over lunch, mm. over uh, dinners and snacks. So mm -hmm. it's a part of their being, mm. you know, to talk about politics. And now with the younger generation, and with the social media proliferation of social media platforms, the younger generation who are, you know, more, who are already educated and literate. Mm. So they have taken to social media in a very big way. And in, in India, the young population is quite large. So the politicians, the political leaders have realized the importance of social media. Mm and how they should actually use, employ social media to get, to get their messages across, to get their message out. So that has become very, very important because, you know, when it's the newspapers, earlier you had the newspapers, you had the television, you had the radio, but not everybody had an access, mm, yes. especially newspapers. People were not really educated, were not really literate, and there were other problems as well. You know, radio, of course, they had they played big roles in democratic countries. But, you know, in fact, uh, it's very interesting. I, I'm sure you would know that uh, it said that, uh, the, the, that, that, you know, the, Russia, that the Soviet Union collapsed because they were unable to stall technology. Mm. So because they couldn't take advantage of the technology and they wanted to stall it, the whole Soviet Union fell. So I suppose this also, uh, if you think of India, mm. India has been very smart to use and employ social media to their advantage. Yes. And because social media is so widely used in India and the data is extremely cheap in India, the cheapest in the world. Yes. So ev everybody with a smartphone accesses social media. And for the political leaders, this is the best way to communicate with the people, Pe to let people know what they, are, what they are, you know, what exactly the government or the political parties are doing for them. So they want to woo the voters, the young first-time voters. Mm. They want to use YouTube. They want to use Instagram. They want to mm. use Twitter. 
Every, every leader has a Twitter handle. In fact, now that the general elections are happening, Priyanka Gandhi, mm. who is uh, the sister of Rahul Gandhi, the opposition, yes, main opposition uh, to the, the, the opposition the party, Congress yes, party. the Congress party, Priyanka Gandhi, she joined Twitter mm. just because she joined the party. And uh, Mayavati, I don't know if you've heard of her, uh, the BSP leader, mm. she joined Twitter. So, you know, yes. you can imagine how widely and how relevant these social media platforms are in India. And they actually get the conversation going. So everybody, mm. every, every single individual, a young person, knows what each country is promising to them. And accordingly, they're going to cast their votes. Yes. Um, in Sweden, uh, we're also very used to, especially Twitter and uh, Twitter... I, uh, I read up a bit on the Swedish election, actually. Okay. And there was a report by the Swedish Defense Research Agency, which noted that uh, there has been attempts to try to influence political campaign using uh, automated Twitter accounts to spread political messages. And as the closer we came to the election, we saw an increase of these uh, automated accounts. And... Uh, we in Sweden, as in India, have also have a strong tradition of a open public sphere where we have a um, political debate ongoing. And uh, as you mentioned, we also we often talk about the vertical medias, which is the traditional, the TV, the radio, and station, and how we have seen the vertical now coming integrated with the horizontal uh, right. social medias. And uh, on this notion, initially the internet and social media were thought to be places where the public sphere would be truly realized. However, as time has shown, um, social media is often blamed for causing increased polarization. And algorithms on social media sometimes contribute to people ending up in so-called echo chambers or åsiktskorridorer, um, as we like to call them in Swedish. And, but despite such negative uh, aspects, however, there's also much room for hope that these spaces could, uh, if used and designed properly, they could, as you yourself mentioned in your article, they could foster intelligent, rational and respectful dialogue that can help shape the future of political discourse. So on this note, do you think that social media stifle public debate or encourages public debate? You know, uh, first of all, here I would also talk about fake news. Yes. Misinformation, disinformation that is happening along with social media. So while social media is indeed enlarging the public space and mm. giving a lot of power, political power to the people, people are participating in the political process. At the same time, there is the spread of fake news, misinformation mm. and disinformation with vested interest. In mind, yes. you know, so there, there is an attempt to do that, uh, to swing waters, to mm. influence waters. Uh, so, you know, because, you know, social media also helps political parties to amplify their voices, their messages. So this is a challenge and this is something of concern in India, major concern. Mm. And here I would like to also mention that India, now that the general elections and 
uh, state legislative mm-hmm. assembly elections are going on right mm-hmm. now. It's underway right now. It the world's yesterday. biggest election. Biggest, for those of you who didn't know. Yes. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's the largest democracy. It's ongoing for how, how many weeks? I think it's, a, it's supposed to be held in seven phases. Yes. So it started yesterday and I think it's till 20th April. Yes. If I'm not mistaken. Exactly. 20th May. Yes. It's seven phases. It started yesterday. It's still 20th May. Mm-hmm. 18, 19, 20th May. So I'm we will too. have to wait a little yeah. bit for the results. But result. already la- yesterday I was mm-hmm. looking at uh, the newspaper and there is a lot of, uh, uh, you know, uh, uh, the wrong votes happening mm-hmm. and uh, uh, ballots, the, uh, the VVPAT, I don't know again if you have heard of this. Uh, mm-hmm. The VVPAT is, you know, uh, India uses that. Has been, in fact, this election, mm-hmm. it's playing a very major role because what is happening is when you cast your vote, you have the EVM. Yes. But people don't believe in the EVM anymore. They say that for whoever those, whoever for is casting a vote, I am casting a vote mm-hmm. for a particular party, but the the vote is not going to that political party. Mm-hmm. I don't get to know. So the VVPAT has been introduced, mm-hmm. whereby I get a paper. A chit, mm-hmm. which says which party I have, uh, you know, pressed the button for. Yes. So then for is those listening, could you briefly just explain the VV pad? VV pad, I don't means. know the full form. Oh right. I have to. I have to <laughs> we'll uh, cut that out yeah. later. <laughs> uh, no, I can just Google it. You can Google. No, it. anyway, you VV pad. Okay. So uh, the VV pad is playing a very big role. Mm-hmm. So you can get a chit when mm-hmm. you cast uh, your vote. Mm-hmm. There will be a VV pad which will come out yes. with a record of who you have voted so for. So it's sort of like a receipt you get. Yeah, for a receipt, yes. correct. But it seems last yesterday during the elections, I think in Andhra Pradesh and there's this place in, Sh- place in Northeast Shillong and Tezpur in Assam, these places have uh, come up with these uh, news that uh, there has been some problem mm-hmm. and uh, whoever they are, I mean, their choice of, a leader, mm. whoever they want to uh, vote for, when they are getting the receipt, it's not the same person. Right. And it's most of the time it's going to the BJP. Okay. But when the so. authorities were consulted, they mm-hmm. said, this is fake news. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, you know, so the, you can imagine. So the you kind don't really of, know who, I suppose, who to trust right yeah, now. <laughs> it's difficult. But there's a guy who's even taken a video. All right. So yes. it's so difficult to make out. Yes. So um, what is a fake news and whether to believe a particular mm. version of the story. So there is a problem. Yes. So while on the one hand, like I said, there is uh, people are being encouraged to do uh, to get into political debates. Mm. On the other hand, uh, there is also an attempt. There is also a chance of them getting, uh, uh, you know, uh, their, their, uh, their choices getting uh, influenced, mm. uh, getting confused because of the kind of news. Mm. And let me tell you, there is this targeted content which are uh, manufactured. You know, I target a group and I then I tailor my messages according, yes. accordingly. So that is also going on. So, yes. so it, mm. it's cumbersome, it's complicated. It is. Um, and on, on that note, as you mentioned with the video, because before we used to talk a lot about citizen journalism, um, and now we have also seen the sort of the citizen fake news journalism also coming on. As you say, there is a certain, un, there's more uncertainty now, it feels, about who to trust. And, yeah. and you need to be more um, mature, more mature and more 
informative yeah. as well yeah. about uh, where the sources are coming from. In fact, uh, mm -hmm. in this election, videos are playing a very big role. Mm -hmm. And uh, if you really look at it, uh, YouTube mm -hmm. is the most popular in India yes. mm -hmm. as a social media platform. Mm -hmm. The most popular. So it leads the, the whole uh, social media platforms. Yes. Yeah. Oh. Followed by WhatsApp then? Yes, I, I think Facebook and WhatsApp, if I'm not mistaken. I think second is Facebook. Third is mm -hmm. WhatsApp. The, uh, you know, WhatsApp is so important mm -hmm. that uh, BJP has made 50,000 WhatsApp group Wow! <laughs> during this election. It's amazing when you talk about India and you start talking about the numbers and yeah. you feel the size. 50,000 WhatsApp groups have been made. It's, uh, uh, it's a really <laughs> challenge. Yes. Um, I would like to go back a little bit to, to your article yeah. uh, because you f I felt that you ended on a very, despite all of this that's going on and the uncertainty and unfairness of it all, I felt like you st were still very positive. You ended on a very positive note saying that, and I quote, only an educated and informed electorate combined with an equally mature political environment can fight fake news effectively. So I felt like you are, you are one hand calling for more people to educate themselves, to become more informative. But there is also the, the institutional side of it and how to combine that. And so perhaps you would, should we interpret it as should we be positive for the future? Uh, see, I, I feel that, uh, of course, social media is a boom. Hmm. Uh, everybody knows everything. Yes. You know? <laughs> If, uh, and especially for the people, uh, what the government is up to. Now, nothing is secretive. Mm. Everything is transparent, mm. whatever the government. And, and I think in a democracy, it's the people who matter. Mm. You know, political parties are fighting for what? To get elected, to serve the people. Yes. So people are the most important in a democracy. Mm. And that is why we talk such big things about, uh, uh, you know, the, the, the strengths of democracy. It's one of the positive, major strengths of a democracy, that people are participating. And social media actually, I feel, does enlarge public space, mm. like I said yes. before. But again, you have the spread of fake news. Mm. You have disinformation, widespread. But then these will not stop. These will definitely go on. And mm. probably these might even uh, become more intense in future. Mm. But we have to be internet literate. Mm. And if people are sound in their judgment and they can differentiate between fake news and real news mm. by accessing uh, sound, good, uh, balanced websites mm. and news portals mm. that will help you to get, help people to get a more balanced view and not get driven or influenced mm. by fake news. I think it's, it's the onus is on the people, mm. whether you want to believe and, you know, it's very interesting in India now, there are a lot of advertisements on TV and radio. Mm. I heard it myself, discouraging people to spread fake news on mm -hmm. WhatsApp. Well, that's, a, this is that's a good one. This is something that I've heard myself and I've watched yeah. it on TV. Yeah. There are these major and even other mm. uh, ads. When I was accessing a particular site, I saw this little ad little documentary mm. of two to three minutes snippet. And it talks about this girl who discouraged her uncle 
from spreading fake news. So when she called him, he said, where did you get this news from? Mm. He says, from a WhatsApp group, which has forwarded me this message. So he said, please get out, exit this group, because it's all fake news. They're trying mm. to ruin the peace of the country. It's, it's not true. So you mm. know how young people are trying to educate mm. their elders from spreading fake news or believing fake news. Mm. So that's a big step that India is taking. So it's a uh, governmental um, yeah, I mean, initiative. Yeah, I mean to on. stop fake news. Yes. 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 Government, mm -hmm. non-government. Let, let me tell you, in India, it's just not the government. People mm. themselves play a mm. big role. And in fact, in today's seminar, I'm going to talk about the alternate voices that have emerged in India. Mm. So there are a lot of these portals and websites which have come up to fight fake news. So this is again something very peculiar in India. Yes. Where people so make sure you listen to the other <laughs> seminar, which also will be podcasted later to hear those voices. <laughs> It'll be very interesting. Um, on an on a ending note, sometimes we, we talk sometimes about that here's a, a new visibility in politics, that nowadays you... It's not only enough to be a good politician, but you must also be a charismatic personality. Um, you must be sort of a entertainer or a performer in a way. And that have sort of been enhanced by social media now. Because as you self say, that nowadays we know we know everything. Yes, absolutely. And it's also with, especially in Sweden and Instagram, for example, in Sweden we have seen... Uh, with Facebook as well, that people want to feel a connection yes, to absolutely. their leaders, and if the leaders, the more the leaders can perceive to be one of them, um, the more sometimes it can enhance their political influence. I completely and, agree with you, um, because uh, uh, you know images have started to play a very mm. critical role in politics. Mm. So when. Uh, Uh, when a citizen is judging you, evaluating you, mm. images become very, very important. Mm. Yes. So I suppose uh, uh, images are very important. And like mm. you said, connecting, connecting with your leader is the most important thing. The leaders now try to be, be accessible to the people. They want to talk to their people. They want to know their problems. Even in India, like there are ministries which have these active cells people, designated officials who look into people's grievances mm. so that those ministries can address uh, those grievances. And there are quite a few in different ministries in India right now who take social media very, very uh, seriously. Seriously, yes. yes. Find all the skeletons in the closets. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Uh, I think we have touched upon a lot of... Um, interesting topics in this very short time and I would love to talk more to you and because there is so much to be said about this topic yeah, and it's, it's a very exciting to to watch where where it will end up as well because uh, that's also part of the beauty with the technology I think that we we don't really know and it's uh, and it's happening so, yeah it happens. it's happening yeah. yes yeah. that's true <laughs> it's become part of our lives everyday lives actually yes Indeed. Um, so perhaps we should end on that uh, <laughs> on that note and just leave the the future to up to ourselves to see 
yes. where we will go and what we will see. But uh, I'd like to thank you so much for coming thank here you. today thank to you, do Charlotte. this podcast so with me. It's been a real pleasure to have you and I really look forward to listening to your seminar later on today. The pleasure is completely mine. <laughs> Find us on www.ui.sc. We are also on Facebook and on Twitter with UI Sweden. And we're also on YouTube where you can watch our seminars and interviews.